It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From Variety, I'm Michael Schneider. I think uh, Justin Thoreau is very interesting to watch, despite how good-looking he is. Just a lot of a lot of Justin Thoreau in that episode, which I'm not complaining about. It's usually, you know, as an actor, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring back the paunchy belly and the not so fit uh, vibes because I feel like, you know, I I don't want to look at someone who's that much better than me all the time. You know, I want to look at characters uh, for the rest of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, So I forgive Justin Thoreau for how incredible he looks in that moment. And it doesn't get in the way of me uh, buying any of his acting or any of the any of what's going on, which is nice. Yeah, um, he's so he's so good in that whole series. You know Natalie Morales from series such as The Middleman, White Collar, Parks and Recreation, Santa Clarita Diet, and the Gone Too Soon series like Trophy Wife and The Grinder. Now she's the star of NBC's Abby's from Mike Schur and Josh Malmuth. She's quite simply a fan of good storytelling, which is why The Leftovers is on top of her list of favorite TV series ever. And her favorite episode? International Assassin from Season 2. On this edition of the podcast, we talk to Natalie Morales about The Leftovers, directing for the Duplass Brothers, how she's making history with Abby's, and even why Cardi B should star in a reboot of The Nanny. It's my favorite episode. My favorite episode. Written by Nick Hughes and executive producer Damon Lindelof and directed by Craig Zobel, the Leftovers episode International Assassin was a key episode for the series. It aired in Season 2 on November 22, 2015. In this episode, Kevin, played by Justin Thoreau, finds himself in a hotel that's a bit of a purgatory, and he discovers he's chosen the role of international assassin, tasked, of all things, with assassinating Patty Levin, who in this realm is a presidential candidate. Or is it Patty? Perhaps it's the girl in the pool. Would you like some water, Senator? Never touch the stuff. Kevin, I'm sorry about all the security. I don't know if God has told you, but we received credible intelligence that someone may be trying to assassinate me. Now, why do you think someone would want to do that? Murder me. Well, I don't know. It's because I stick to you, Kevin. (laughs) Throughout history, assassins have never been motivated by money or revenge. They're motivated by beliefs. And their targets embody a belief that enrages their would-be assassins. Why? Because secretly, they share that belief. For Natalie Morales, The Leftovers was a show that she never let pile up on her DVR, as she was compelled by the show's unique take on life, death, metaphysics, relationships, and more. She also loved how quirky the show could get, referencing the Wu-Tang Clan and obsessing over perfect strangers to the degree that Mark Lynn Baker even appeared as himself. Of course, it was tough to pick just one episode to highlight. Well, Natalie, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Doing my NPR voice right now. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave you some homework. Yes, you did. Your favorite episode of TV of all time. That's too hard, Mike. It's a hard one. I, I... I refuse to narrow it down. Yeah I, yeah. I must. I just narrowed it down to one of my favorite TV yeah. episodes of all time. Okay. So before we get to that, then, what were some of the bubbling under ones? What were well, others that... Well, a lot of it had to do with my ability to go back and watch them and what was available on either Netflix or HBO Go. Okay. So you wanted to do homework, <laughs> not just like what you recall. You wanted yeah, to make sure Well, I wanted up. to... Yeah. Or, or at least watch it because I didn't know how in-depth in we were going to discuss it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's episodes of of all the shows that I'm like, oh my god, Atlanta especially has yeah. a lot of episodes that I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Right, every, every but, week, right? Yes. You're like, okay, that was the best yes, one ever. You know, there's 
episodes of Game of Thrones that I feel that way about. There, there's a lot, but I think this one that I chose, uh, I remember being sort of astounded by it. And I don't think it's my favorite episode of that show, but it certainly is one of the most astounding episodes of TV. I think that show had a lot of moments that yeah. I loved rather than complete episodes that I would say are the best things of all time. I don't yeah. know. Did you watch the? Did yeah. you watch it? Yeah. yeah, so it's Leftovers, yes. International Assassin, which yes. was the... Uh, uh, I, f- I forget which number episode, but it was in season two. Sort yes, of, I think it's eight. Yeah, episode eight. And yeah, that was that was an interesting season because season one of The Leftovers, I enjoyed. You know, the whole yeah. guilty remnant, the, you know, the, there were some you know, interesting stories that you know, were, were great as standalones. But it seemed like season two was the season that they really, da- Damon really figured out what the show was yeah. and where he was going with and it. And then season three was completely a whole new beast. It yeah. was one of my favorite shows to watch, sort of. I never was backed up on it. I would always yeah. like, watch the episode as soon as it came out because it was so... Whatever they started doing, episode to episode, was like always innovative and cool, and, yeah. and turned the show or what you thought the show was on its head. Like getting that Wu Tang tattoo. Like there, there's all <laughs> yes. these amazing little beats on that show that are that are so good. Yeah. yeah. Although the whole like Perfect Strangers, yes, Marlon Baker, was, like <laughs> I. I, I was like, this is so deeply funny, yeah. and only this show could get away with it, and it's exactly the kind of show I want to make that does stuff like this, yeah. you know? it's uh, I loved the Mark Lynn Baker stuff so much. I love that he was there. It made me so yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah, and then the fact that he faked his, his disappearance yes! is the most amazing yes! part. He was just so hurt that the rest Everybody. of the cast had, had departed except for him. Yes! So Poor good. cousin Larry. And then the, they had the theme song as yeah. the theme song is so good. Yeah. It's such a great uh I loved I loved what that show was doing for the like TV format. It was like, no, why does it need to be what you think it's gonna be? Yeah. It could be whatever we want it to be. It yeah. doesn't matter. And it's, it's very one, exciting. Yeah, it was one of those shows where immediately after watching, you had to go online and see, okay, yes. I know how I felt about it, and I know sort of what I thought of this, but really, like, what did this mean? Right, like, and what does everybody else think, and, and what are your theories on everything? Yeah. International Assassin is definitely one of those episodes because it's so metaphorical in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, because in the previous episode, obviously, Kevin had died. So sure, okay, did they just kill off? Yeah. Justin Thoreau? Like, what's going on here? It was a great way to... I mean, I don't know that I thought he died immediately. I think I thought... I think in the middle of this episode, I was like, oh, he's in some weird middle space, I think. Yeah. 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 Like, hasn't exactly died yet. Almost like a purgatory, but yet you're you're still not 100% sure, is this... You know, all in his head. What what is going on? Right, and, right. And the Patty of it all, of course, as as well. Like uh, you know, having to kill Patty. Yeah. Several times. Yeah. In, in different to, forms. Yeah. 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 I know. It's. I mean, it, looking back on that show, I think it's like obviously a lot of a lot of the leftovers is in Kevin's head, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the show is in his head, and and even this particular part, you know, the idea of him having to beat patty in some way you know beat beat the nemesis in this video game just keep going for like the big bad guy right um is that in his head too right it's 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 a battle that's being waged in his own sort of soul and not necessarily out in the world yeah yeah well i think the most telling thing is early on when he comes out of the the bathtub and he's in his hotel room and he's like what the fuck's going Mm -hmm. on and then he goes to the closet and it says pick your right choose choose your own adventure yeah yeah, choose who you are yeah and of course he's a police officer and there is a police officer's outfit in there but he doesn't pick that he picks the the suit that turns out to be the international assassin suit and it is that whole question of him still figuring out, like, who am I here? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, inadvertently picking something that he's not and then having to go through the motions of pretending to be this person. Right. But is he not that? Because he can fight pretty well. And he does. He, and he looks the part, right? Yeah. He could be, it's sort of a... All the things one person can be, you know, we contain multitudes, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I just think, um, I don't know, as I think uh, Justin Thoreau is very interesting to watch, despite how good looking he is. 
Um, well, there there was some some peak at Thoreau ass. Yes, Hashtag yes. Thoreau ass. Uh, yeah, in there that was episode. just a lot of a lot of Justin Thoreau in that episode, which I'm not complaining about. <laughs> it's usually you know, as an actor, I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring back the paunchy belly and the not so fit uh, vibes because I feel like you know I I don't want to look at someone who's that much better than me all the time you know I, I want to look at characters a for the rest person. of us yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so I forgive Justin Thoreau for how incredible he looks in yeah. that moment and it doesn't get in the way of me uh, buying any of his acting or any of the or any of what's going on which is nice yeah um, he's so. He's so good in that whole series. Um, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, yeah. Up until the end. And, you know, what's interesting when you mentioned season three is, you know, when they when they wrapped season two, they weren't so sure they were getting a season right. three. So in some ways, season two could have ended the series. And, and season three was almost a, a bonus. A it went in a whole different direction yes. with, with the Australia episode. With hints of what happened in the second season. Because during this particular episode, you see his dad talking to him from... Australia. Yeah. 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 yeah um, with, with a weird FaceTime yeah. that's fueled by fire. Yes. Of, of some sort. It's so, and then the whole, and throughout this whole episode, he's being told he can't drink the water. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's such an interesting thing. I mean, I, I love, um, this is so boring, but I love dreams. I love the, the psychology of dreams. I, I'm one of those people that's like, someone's like, I had a crazy dream. I'm like, tell me everything. I'd yeah. love to hear that. And, this whole episode has this sort of dream logic, right? Like, I can't drink the water, and this person's scary, and there's a bird flying around, and there's a, a fire alarm going off. And um, it's a really interesting to, like, t- connect all the dots and figure out why everything is happening. Yeah. No, it's interesting. My- Michael's grandfather, who who is there as the, the concierge, mm-hmm. who ends up killing the he, bird and yeah. then admitting that he drank the water. Right. So something happens. Right, right. Something something with the water. And and. Michael's grandfather had shot himself. Yeah. So he wasn't... Was he also in that world with Justin or with uh, Kevin? Or was he a figment of Kevin's imagination, right? Were they in the same plane because they were both just freshly deceased? Yeah, yeah. Or or was it just all Kevin's head? By the way, that's a great hotel. Like, yeah. I, I, especially like... I wonder where they shot that. I think it's in Austin. I really? Think, like, I think it's a... Uh, I want to say it's a West. I, f- I feel like I've actually stayed at that hotel during really? ATX, and I don't know if it's because people are speaking Spanish throughout the whole episode in the background. But I always thought it was somewhere like some other country. Maybe it just made me feel that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only because I know they they shot that season in Texas. Right. So right. so I'm assuming it, it's probably that hotel in Austin. I could be wrong, yeah. but. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting idea to shoot an entire episode there, and in some ways, it feels like very nondescript. That yes. hotel room and that hotel, there's nothing yes. fancy about it. It seems like very run of the mill Weston mm-hmm. chain hotel, and yet this is sort like, of like an upscale chain hotel yeah. is the is the thing. I know that's it's a it's a cool thing, and I also loved the the score of that episode. I mean, the leftovers always had great music, but um, I just, I wrote down who it. Who that is? Yeah, because I remember um, reading somewhere that they were inspired by Die Hard. They they for wanted, that episode. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to have Die Hard like music, like you know, it's full. It's so, it's so so big and yeah, um, Nabucco. It's uh, it's Verdi. Uh, it's Verdi. It's chorus of the Hebrew slaves. Is that yeah. whole thing? It's so very epic. Yeah, and um, and it has like stakes to it just the music does yeah it's very exciting so the the, yeah and the background of that episode and the sequel that they did the following year is it was uh uh nick cues who's carlton cues's son Mm -hmm. who you know ended up working with damon on this show and and damon sort of became like a little bit of a uh a mentor for his buddy's son uh came up with the idea of like he wanted to do like a james bond slash diehard kind of story i didn't know that and yeah and so he talked to damon about it and they crafted this idea of the international assassin that's so cool and it kind of just turned into this very memorable special episode yeah i wish more shows would take risks like that you know you have eight episodes of something why not or whatever how many you get yeah why not go crazy yeah you know yeah well, and, and the good news is it feels like in this age of, like, 
so much peak TV. TV. Peak TV. <laughs> hashtag peak TV. People are willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of these anthologies. I mean, Atlanta does that sometimes. Yeah. 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 And even like a show like Atlanta almost is like an anthology show. Yeah. Because every episode has a very different tone or yes. a very different direction. Yes. Um, and of, of course, uh, you know, you recently worked on an anthology show in, in Room 104 I with did. the Duplass brothers and, and directing an episode and, and starting in an episode. And the idea there, of course, uh, is every episode's different, mm-hmm. different tones different chances uh it seems like a lot of fun to be like working in tv right now and being a creative in this it is especially like uh directing so so thankfully because of the duplass brothers giving me this opportunity i've been directing for a while but it's sort of in the music video space and i made a lot of funny or die videos and and that was and shorts and different things like that where you don't need to join the dga um and when you do TV, you have to. Yeah. So they were sort of my door into that. And now I'm able to direct more TV episodes. And I was having this conversation with my agents where they're like, well, what kind of what what shows do you want to do? And I realized like, oh, I don't want to do any boring stuff. There's so much cool stuff right, right now. Like, no... I don't want to just do an episodic of somebody like I don't care about that. Yeah. I, I don't need to make you're not doing yeah. an NCIS. Episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not to knock that show, but yeah. I don't know that that would be that fun for me specifically yeah. to direct because what I find fascinating, it's so hard to direct. It's so hard. There's so much work put into yeah. it. You have to have this whole thing in your head mapped out with every answer available to anyone who asks and if you don't if you're not like interested in it or like or passionate about what you're doing it's that much harder so i just want to do like shows like maniac or atlanta or like shows that are doing something yeah sort of epic you know i I like that idea they and they also well you well a lot of these shows you have to sort of stick to the the style and the tone that they've set they let you play and come up with stuff i mean i think the leftovers did that as well yeah yeah well what's interesting is uh you know for the longest time the director was was sort of second class citizen in tv because it was all about the writer and the director was work for hire they came in for one episode so they couldn't really impact like that in a lot of tv and and duplass brothers like really i mean i'm spoiled now like that's the tv i've done so i'm like i don't want to do some show where i can't do whatever i want you know yeah they're they're so wonderful i mean mark wrote the script that i directed but after that point he was like it's yours do do what you want to do you know yeah. so it was it was fun to do what uh sort of interested you in in uh doing directing and do you see it as sort of like a, a side or is that something that you see yourself gravitating more toward balancing with your acting work um i truly love it uh i think what drew me to it i've i'm very observant and i since i first started doing tv i would stick around and like on the middleman which is my first tv show that i was a regular in i would just like while they had breaks i would just stick around and watch like how they loaded the camera and what what the different lenses were and i and i and i'm i just like i think the bigger part of me people always ask me which one i prefer and there's there's really no answer they're very different and i like doing them both mostly what i like is problem solving so i like cooking i like art I like directing. I like acting. I like getting chaos and making it something, yeah. you know? And so directing is sort of in in my field um, and in some episodes of television is is the most control you can have. I mean, obviously, you don't have control after your, your director's cut and then you let it go. But it's sort of like you. I, I realized that when I was directing Room 104, I realized, I was like, oh, this is why I like this so much. My entire job is just having an answer when someone asks me what I think. Yeah. I know that. I always have an opinion about something. I have an answer for you. And that my job is to have an opinion on something. I can do that. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. And I I just have a really, um, since I was a kid, I, I uh, have a really visual brain. When I, I started directing music videos because I always hear songs and see a video in my head. Yeah. And so I started doing that for my friends and then for people that weren't my friends and then other bands. And, and um, I just like bringing something to life. I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. really fun. Was that you mentioned as a kid? Where, where, how arty were you as a kid? Like what, what uh, were you into? Um, I was into magic, not the gathering, just plain magic. <laughs> yeah. Just just like like Doug Henning style yeah, magic. Yeah, I would and put I'd... on a lot of uh, magic shows for my family um, who graciously sat there bored through all out of it. Um, 
and uh, I would I would create really elaborate scavenger hunts for my cousins because I would we all went to my grandmother's house, which is where I lived as a as a kid, and they would go there after school just because for daycare basically. Mm-hmm. And but they got home. We went to different schools, and they got there half an hour after I did. So I'd use that half hour and just make an insane scavenger hunt with yeah. whatever candy I could scrounge up as a prize. So I liked that. I liked doing stuff like that. Yeah. I, I feel like it's all obviously now. I'm like, oh, okay. I get why I enjoy curating right, things right. because so. it comes from wanting to impress my cousins when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's good. Obviously, creating and, yeah. and coming up with yeah. a story and a narrative. In a I way loved inventing as a kid. I I invented. Um, Maybe toxic. Who knows? I invented a, a removable nail polish that you could peel off as a kid. Yeah. And I remember showing my family, and they were like, who would want that? <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> it was made mostly out of wood glue. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but I was always inventing something. Yeah. I was doing experiments all the time. I just liked that. I liked problem solving and creating. Are yeah. you still inventing now? Do you... Uh... I, I like engineering uh, to like solve problems. I don't I don't I I definitely have like always have some weird scheme in my head about something. But yeah. I, I'm not inventing as an inventor. You, you don't have any patents. No, pending I don't have any or... patents right now. I, I I wish I did. I wish I was the Hedy Lamar of today, but I, <laughs> I am not that smart. <laughs> but wouldn't nice. that be great? That that would be on top Hedy of everything Lamar else. Was simultaneously the first woman to simu- to, to simulate uh, orgasm on television and gave us the internet basically like wireless internet as we know it today it's crazy <laughs> she's awesome so that that could be a goal be, yeah. be the, the modern day hedy lamar I w- uh, yeah i would i'd be fine with that goal That's yeah great no it's always funny when you hear about uh, stars who also ended up like being a major part of an invention yes like, like it's like bing crosby in the vhs machine really yeah. i didn't know that one yeah I, I think that's one of them and then of course the uh, 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 who was it? Uh, Mike Nesmith from the the monkeys. His mom inventing uh, liquid paper white house. Oh wow! See, I settle weird random to stuff. bring it back full circle. I'd settle being a spy like Julia Child. That that'd be great. I would yeah. love to do that. <laughs> I that'd be very cool for me. Or so. an internationalist, an interna- exactly. Maybe it- not an assassin. I don't know how I'd do about. I mean, listen, I'd be very good at killing people, but I'd, I don't think I'd want to. Yeah. I'd be a very good assassin, obviously. Right, right. It's, but it's, it's not morally, it's not something I'm into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's last resort, <laughs> right, right, right. Basically, yeah, yeah. So, so um, um, speaking, going back to, to leftovers. So you were a fan from the beginning. Were you? Did you watch Lost as well? No, no. Okay. Never watched Lost. Yeah, even though a good friend of mine worked on it, but uh, uh, Javi Griot Marshall, yeah. who created The Middleman. Um, no, I never watched Lost. Yeah? No, I missed it entirely. Did Javi ever give you shit for not watching Lost? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, but yeah, I think he maybe appreciated it because I wasn't hounding, ask, him, hounding for him for questions yes. about no, what was really in the house. Yes, yes. What is the smoke monster? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- there, 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 there's still a lot of like hurt feelings, I think, among some of the uh, Lost fans. Lost, lost, and also producers mm. who kind of were given quite a hard time by the yes, fans. So. Yes, yes. Um, you yeah, got to escape that for yeah. me. Yeah. What uh, What is your relationship with fans? Um, I, it's a I I don't know. I think it's a it's an odd thing to be a like an active fan of someone past a certain age. I feel like. Uh-huh. Um, or or at least the machine that we've like built to to make people be fans. I don't necessarily respect in that way. Listen, I'm a fan of a lot of people. I just maybe it's the term "stan" that I don't appreciate because <laughs> it's a it literally is an amalgamation of stalker and fan. It comes from that Eminem song. Yeah, that's where it comes from. And I don't know, like, get a life. Don't be a stan of somebody. <laughs> just you could be a fan. Yeah, you, don't you could need to be, be a fan. Stand. Like you could appreciate someone's work, but I think it's this terrible machine of fame that has, you know been created to to take pe- take money from people and oppress people and make people think that they're not good enough and that they should be like these other people that's what i don't appreciate about it so i'm just like a person who likes to play pretend it's i always think about it relatively right like people seem to be interested in my career what if no one cared about actors or directors and what if they cared about like scientists and scientists were the celebrities right it's just a job that we do that provides some service to the society and people, I don't know, for some reason, 
it's been turned into this thing, I guess because a lot of actors are pretty, that it's you you're 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 you have to be like them somehow or you have to adore them somehow and i just always sort of bucked that i think yeah. that's very odd however i appreciate so much anybody who likes anything i do because i the only reason i do this well i shouldn't say the only reason because i did do it partly for myself i grew up i mean every cuban is a born entertainer that's just a fact even the shyest cuban will tell you a story in the most fascinating way but I definitely grew up uh, with this sort of need to entertain and perform and curate experiences for mm-hmm. my cousins. But at the end of the day, I'm like, the, there has to be a reason for me to do this. And, and what am I bringing into the world? And I've thought about how much happiness and in, like open-mindedness TV and movies have brought to my life. You know, I've been introduced to things I would never know uh, because of television. I think... I think Will and Grace had such a big effect on how people viewed like the LGBTQ world right. when it came out. And, and I think that movies and TV can really do a lot for the world. So I, 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 I'm happy when people tell me that they've seen my work and that they like it because I've affected them in some positive way, I hope. Yeah. But the idea of like the the fan star relationship is very odd to me. Yeah. I, I just don't think it should exist in the first place. I think it's a weird machine that people don't realize is oppressing them. You know? Right, yeah. right. Well, and, and social media obviously has them yeah. made that much more yeah. prevalent and, and much more sort of confusing, I think, to, yes. to a lot of people. Yes, it, It's blurred the lines between fan and celebrity right. to some degree. But that's, I mean, that's not the, that's not the part that bothers me. I don't, I don't, I, I like that there's more, that the lines are more blurred, that people see, you can see people's everyday lives, I guess, yeah. in a way. Not that I'm very public I'm, I'm certainly not i don't want people to know what the hell i'm doing mm-hmm. <laughs> at any time um but but i like i just like i i do like the the balancing of the scales in a sense i don't like that the but but yeah it's just a weird like jamila jamil is recently doing this whole thing where she's like calling out all these people who are selling these detox teas that make you lose weight and when really they're just laxatives and it's all these <laughs> All these celebrities on on Instagram, like, hawking this tea. And she's just like, don't you know this is, like, you're selling this to young girls who are impressionable and are going, oh, I want that flat tummy. And they don't, you're not telling them that they're going to be on the toilet for hours and that that's all it is, you yeah. know? So it's that, that, that machine that is what what bothers me and the people that perpetuate that machine yeah. like that go like hey hey all my fans like no they're just pe- people right. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah on the I, on the other hand though you uh you're you're able to also inspire and, yes, and serve as, as a role model to some degree and and you know that that's the positive part right but i hope this. to do that to people that are friends of mine to yeah. people that are family of mine not not just to you know i don't want to sort of pontificate from some mountaintop you know what i mean like i just don't i think everybody's everybody's got something they can do for the world this is my weird thing that i chose to do yeah yeah in a moment natalie morales on abby's fan culture including why she dislikes the word stan and why she didn't love a star is born from variety this is my favorite episode This is Daniel Holloway. Join me every Friday for TV Tape, Variety's podcast about the television business. In every episode, we feature interviews with stars and showrunners from today's hit shows, as well as conversations with Variety journalists about the key TV headlines of the day. Subscribe or download the TV Tape wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. It's my favorite episode. I'm Michael Schneider. Natalie Morales is our guest, and she's currently the star of the new NBC comedy Abby's, in which she plays the owner of an unlicensed backyard bar that attracts a vibrant local crowd in a San Diego neighborhood. These are tough days for America. The only thing we can agree on is drinking alcohol. So we need to do this for America. Inside of a Santa suit. We're gonna find Abby. Who are you? Abby's landlord. Is this a bar in my backyard? This is super illegal. You gotta shut this down right now. James, kick him out. I don't like confrontation. You're the bouncer. I know it's messed up. I'm gonna turn on the charm, make him feel like he's part of the group. Yeah, that could work. Get in there. Hey, Bill, buy your beer? No, thanks. I'm fine. 
Well, that was my big gun. Abby's is unique as it's the first ever multi-camera sitcom with a studio audience to completely shoot outdoors on a real backyard stage. But it's also unique as the first network sitcom with a Cuban lead since Desi Arnaz, and believed to be the first sitcom with a bisexual lead. This looks to be a really fascinating show, the first outdoor multi-camera sitcom yeah. ever. And you're at the at the center. I'm you at are the Abby. Home, yes. So how's it been going? It's we just wrapped last week. Um, we did ten episodes, and it was truly one of the best experiences of my life for a lot of reasons. Um, Obviously, I love working with Mike Schur, who created Parks and Rec, who's a producer on this. I think anything yeah. he does is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and he's especially good at what multicams, what good multicams need, which is a core group of people that you want to be friends with, right? Yeah. Like all the best multicams, friends or cheers or how I met your mother, they all have that group of people that y- you want to hang out with. Right. So I knew that I could trust him to do that. And then there's Josh Malmuth, who... Um, is a playwright and was also a writer on Superstore who created the show who's amazing and so I was like okay I I mean I didn't just was I wasn't just given the role I auditioned like hell for it Um, I don't think anybody writes a a person named Abby and considers me as the first person on on their list for that I don't look like an Abby necessarily (laughs) Um, but I loved what they were doing and I and I'm so happy that they trusted me with it in the first place. And yeah, we're, we're, we shot it. It's, it's set in a, Abby has a backyard bar, an illegal makeshift backyard bar. Which I love, that's I love that of, idea. Yeah. It's sort of the speakeasy of, of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, it's in San Diego or it's set in San Diego. And um, so we shot it in the back of a house on the Desperate Housewives Wisteria Lane Street at Universal Studios. They built a whole backyard bar set and then they built a bunch of bleachers and seats and the audience would come with us every night and it's on the side of this mountain on like in studio city yeah. california and we shot it um we never shot it indoors we had we built us another set just in case it rained or something but we we shot every episode outside right you, you just missed the rain yeah. yeah 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 it was um it was so did you say that you came yeah to one? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, so i came to one and uh, yeah it was fascinating because the you know all the interesting things that happened, like you guys would have to stop when a helicopter mm-hmm. went by, and they were telling me about the time a skunk uh, came, came by the set. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, a skunk came right up to the set, and no <laughs> oh, one was quite sure. Oh, I did hear sure. about that. He, he was by the he was by the trailers. Yes, yeah. yes. We had we have like bar snacks, and there was definitely a little a little family of mice that was uh, into the checks mix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So all the things you generally yes. don't have to worry about when you're indoors. Right. But. You don't have to pause for helicopters or cars or sirens when you're in a studio set. Also, something that's really that I loved about just the look and design of it, it's all practically lit. There's some very little studio lighting, but mostly it's just like string lights. It looks very different than most of the things you've seen. Yeah. No, it looked very inviting. Like yeah. I, I actually wanted to hang out at that. Yeah, bar. You, you should have. It's, it'll be. It's really fun to to come there. I, I hope we get to do more of them because it was really kind of an amazing experience. I think I was telling you this uh, the other day, but like even just the um, what we're doing is besides the fact that it's outside, what we're doing is cool. I they just told me I'm the. First Cuban American um, lead of a sitcom since Desi Arnaz, which means I'm the first female ever. Yeah. Um, and also, I think I'm the first bisexual. The character is the first bisexual lead of a sitcom, of a network sitcom, yeah. um, which is so cool. Yeah. Like, and and it's not one of the main things about her in any way. It's just one of the like she has brown hair. She's bisexual. She's Cuban. She owns a bar. It's yeah. one of the many, many, many things about her. It doesn't define the show. Our show is not about that. Um, but it is about all the aspects of all the people that come to this bar, yeah. you know? And I, I, I really love that about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that sounds like Southern California, yes, right? Like exactly. where everyone is unique and, yeah. and, and has a story yeah. to tell. So, yeah. and that's normal. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's great too on its own. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that it's just like, well, this is, you know, yeah, it's the first, but you know, hopefully it's not the oh, last. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, I've been really lucky with that in my acting career thus far is that I've been, I just, my characters have just happened to be Latina, mm-hmm. you know? Um, they're never about that. And and while we certainly need representation in general in like many fields that I happen to belong to some of, um, it does annoy me that a lot of the times 
When we get representation, it is uh, given to us by people who are trying to fill a sort of a category or whatever, or don't actually, there's a lot of well-meaning white people who try to tell stories that are not theirs. Right, right. <laughs> um, so why not just write a character and cast whoever's the best person for it? Um, and maybe they're black, maybe they're maybe they're Latino, maybe they're Asian, maybe they're whatever, you know? Um, and so I've been really lucky in my career that, that I've gotten to play roles of people who just happen to look like me, but it's not about how I'm oppressed or, you know, or, or about my otherness. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't define yes, the character. Yeah, it doesn't define it the character. It just happens which, to be a part Which of it. is what I think we need more of. Yeah. How, as much as we do need stories that explain why, why we've been oppressed in a certain way, we need so much more of like, hey, this is a regular person in a regular life. Right, yeah. right. And the goal is if there are just more stories overall, exactly. you get it all. So exactly. and that's the hope. And, exactly. And maybe because we are in the age of hashtag peak TV, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting better. Yeah. So um, yeah. another another thing that sort of highlights your your TV career is the heartbreaking aspect of it, which is you've been on several shows that <laughs> are, are met their demise. Yeah, yeah. heartbreakingly met their demise. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned Middleman. Uh, trophy Wife mm-hmm. still love that show. I loved that show too. So bummed that that yeah. didn't go to the distance. And it of course, was so fun. The Grinder. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of you know shows that us you know who write about television were rooting for. Yeah. Um, and just for whatever reason. I know they were too good. <laughs> um, <laughs> too good for this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's. I mean, I've been really lucky in that. Like, I've had. I've been on, I don't think I've been on one sort of crappy show. Like yeah. I've been, I feel like I've done my such a, such great things that I was either a fan of before I was on as a guest star, or I was so lucky to be a part of from the beginning. Um, Trophy Wife was awesome. I'm still friends with all those people. Yeah. Um, and the grinder as well. Like I had such a blast on, on those shows, but yes, that is, I hope it's not a, some sort of curse <laughs> because I see this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Neil Flynn being on Abby's counteracts the curse of me only ever having one season of anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so we'll see what happens. I yeah. hope that there's a there's sort of an in between there. No, it's it's a, yeah, yeah. Hopefully Neil Flynn has an insane track record. Like he was on Scrubs for 10 years or whatever. Yeah. And and in the middle... Immediately got onto the middle, like literally the next thing, and that went for 10 years. And then he shot the pilot of this uh, the day after they wrapped the middle. Yeah. So hopefully we... And it got picked up. We were all like, if this gets picked up, it's because of your luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and as you mentioned, Mike sure has got a pretty damn good track record as well. So, so, you know, in, in Mike sure we trust, as we say. We do. It is hard to get... I mean, MB- to the credit of NBC, they really, um, especially with The Good Place, like, that's a show that would have been canceled so quickly anywhere else because it's it's so uh, linear. You can't just jump into it. You have to, like, watch it from the beginning and know what the hell is happening. Yeah. So I'm glad that they let that they let that ride out, you know? But it's, like, it's so hard to get anything on a network yeah. these days. It's it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and connecting you to the Leftovers universe. When you think about the Shuraverse, uh, I know... Mike uh, consulted with Damon, talked a lot to Damon uh, when about he was the developing place? The Good Place. Really? I didn't know that. So, and, and they had, yeah, it. they had a lot of conversations about philosophy and, and, you know, the kind of things that obviously he tackled in, yeah. in The Leftovers and Lost and, uh, you know, pop up all the time in The Good Place. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting age where we are sort of discussing some of these headier issues yeah. as well. I love that. What's, why make the same things yeah. over and over again, you know? What else do you watch these days? What uh, What have I been watching? I, if I you literally have the time. just yeah, I just got off of work, so I I now can like watch things. I caught up on the Good Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching Big Mouth season two, which I love. Yeah. Um, I've been watching Maniac, which I really like so far. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah, that that um, whole universe is interesting. That, yeah. Like, yeah. What if like technology had gone one direction? Yeah. What time is that in? Yeah. It's very interesting. You don't know. I mean, I'm only, I think I'm on the third episode. I don't know what time it's in. Um, I just saw, I just saw, this is not TV, but I just saw The Favorite mm-hmm. to, to go back to Emma Stone. So good. I'm very excited about that movie. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, so, yeah, I've gotten to go to the movies and, like, watch TV. So that's fun. I'm excited. But there's, like, I feel like now is a little bit of a lull in TV, right? There's not, there's a break for the holidays and then stuff comes back 
Well, right now it's all the the, the Christmas movies. Oh yeah, it's my uh, mom loves those. The, those are taking over the the Hallmark and, yeah. and Lifetime, and, and now Netflix has a bunch as well. So. Yeah, I saw Star Is Born, which I did not enjoy, and I watched it with my mom, and she was like, "It just." It doesn't have a good message. And I, and I was like, Mom, not all movies need to have like a message. They're not parables. And she's like, well, all my Harmark movies have a good message, and they all end pretty, and I like them very much. And I was like, all right, that's if they make you happy, that's what it's for. Exactly. So good, yeah. They tie it up with a bow. They're yes. all basically the she same thing. She loves it. She, well, she's seen every single one. Every yeah. single one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always about some some journalist who yeah. is is traveling to another part of the country and meets some guy and... like a pastry chef yeah. or, or a princesses who switch. Yeah, yeah. And there's a cute dog. Yeah. in the mix. Yeah, so... usually with an engagement ring tied around his neck. Yeah. Yes. Did we just write one? I think so. I think so. so that, that's been optioned by by Lifetime. Damn it. Um, you said you didn't like Stars Born. No, God, no. Yeah, I, is I that mean, an unpopular opinion? Well, you know, it's funny. It's I one feel of those bad critiquing someone's work because it's something that obviously a lot of people put all their work into, and I, I definitely don't knock them for that. Yeah, and there are parts that are really enjoyable, and and the music. Lady Gaga's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's what afterwards, like days later, when you start to pick apart the story, that you're like, no, it's during. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's during. It's not days. It didn't entertain yeah. me days. And there was a lot of. I feel like. Uh, I wrote, I wrote this on Twitter. I mean, now I'm immortalizing it, I guess. But I wrote it on Twitter, and then I deleted it because I thought it was too mean. Um, I've been on this kick where I'll, like, I'll think something mean slash funny. I'll mm-hmm. tweet it, and then I'll be like, yeah, I'll delete it. Because I, <laughs> I just don't want to put that out in the world. Yeah. I don't want, why, why be mean for no reason? But I, know, I, but I th- do think it's funny, so I will say yeah. it here. I said, uh, I saw Star is Born. I give it 3,600 eye rolls. Because <laughs> I, I did spend a lot of the movie going, oh, brother. <laughs> And it was just like, I don't know. I thought it was a kind of sexist. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I, you know, I loved that there's like, uh, that, that Jackson Maine is open-minded about the gay community. I liked that aspect of it. It just was like, oh, when the girl gets famous, it's okay. Like, it was just, ugh. It was, it was very, to me, it was very indulgent. Yeah. Which is not the kind of movie making I enjoy. But that being said. People worked hard on it. A lot of people loved it. So it's not for everybody, but a lot of people really like it. The, the music's catchy. And, sure, and, yeah. And you're right. Gaga is great. Gaga is so. Gaga's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what did you like growing up, by the way? What uh, what were your TV um, shows or movies ooh. as a kid? Well, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, I, I tend to um, veer into insomniac territory. Um, very often I have since I was a kid. So I watched a lot of Nick at night growing up. That was mostly what I watched. Yeah. So my favorite show as a kid, it was taxi. <laughs> oh, wow. So you were yeah. like the, when, when they were doing the seventies yes, shows, on I Nick loved at night. taxi and yeah. Rhoda and Bob Newhart. And I, I just was a big fan of, I mean, there was cheers on there. There was like a lot of seventies SNL. Yeah. I watched a lot of Gilda Radner, like so much I mean, that may have been, Besides Buster Keaton, which I discovered later in life, Gilda Radner was a huge inspiration for me growing oh, yeah. up. Yeah, I bet. Because um, I was like, oh, my God, you can be funny. You can be funny and people will still like you. Yeah. <laughs> you can make people laugh with you, <laughs> not yeah. just at you. Um, and it was, uh, I watched a lot of that. I watched, yeah, so much I Love Lucy, lot, like lots of Nick at Night. I yeah. watched The Simpsons and obviously Say by the Bell, but... And then there was TGIF, which I was like religious about. I watched, I watched like Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, all those. All the I'm very end of that. I yeah. think Sabrina the Teenage Witch was on there for a little while, maybe, or was that different? Yeah, yeah, that was that was some TGIF as well. I like how you said, obviously, Saved by the Bell. Obviously, I mean, I'm, you know, a child of the '90s. Yeah, so yeah. That, that just comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saved by the Bell was after school every day. It was yeah, on. it was on. Where, where do you stand on reboots? Do you? Uh... It depends. Like I said earlier, I feel like I like new things. Why do we have to rehash stuff, especially if it was already good, right? Why yeah. not keep the the good thing? That being said, um, I think reimaginations of things are fun, especially if you're a fan of them or 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 whatever. There's certain reboots that I really dig. I think I don't know if this is happening. Is, is there like a bad boy's a new Bad Boys movie coming out. I feel like I saw something about. There's like that. a TV show that's kind of the, the Gabrielle like, Union yeah. one, yeah. But no, I think Will Smith and and Martin. Martin oh, I almost said Martin Starr, which would be hilarious. Not Martin Starr. <laughs> That'd be a very different show. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, but there are certain oh, shows right. that I'm like that are, are things that I'm like, yeah, I'd see that. Like I, I would totally. I, I, 
God, I sound like such a douche quoting my own Twitter, but these are my true thoughts. Um, I genuinely, I don't believe, I, I usually don't believe in non-actors taking acting roles because well, there's a lot of actors that work real hard for it. And then you just cast someone who's like not very good and sort of famous. However, that being said, Casting Cardi B as the nanny in a reboot of the nanny would be so brilliant. <laughs> and I would watch that. <laughs> so there are that, certain things that I'm like, oh, that would work, you know, and certain things that it's kind of like, why are you touching that? Leave that alone. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, did you come up with Cardi B doing the nanny or has that been out there? I don't know. It was a thought I had when I saw her dressed in literally a nanny outfit talking to, to to instagram and i was like oh my god she's the modern nanny that's incredible yeah like i'm sure a lot of people have had that same thought <laughs> um i think actually when i wrote it people sent me a thing that said fran drescher um said that cardi b should play her daughter in a reboot of the nanny so i guess the nanny but as her daughter <laughs> so maybe fran drescher thought the same thing i did but yeah it's so good yeah, I don't know. I'm not against it entirely. There are some things that feel like sort of an eye roll. And when it's a very obvious money grab, I think that's when I'm like, oh, God, you know? Yeah. But Will and Grace coming back is fun. And, like, it's all the same people, and that's a fun thing. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. I see sometimes your old friends nice. again. Yeah, so, yeah. Any uh, of, of your previous shows that you'd like to revisit? Like, if, if they... I don't know. I mean, I guess when talking about my own life, it feels weird because then it, it feels like sort of going backwards instead of yeah. going forward, you know? Um, however, it was, it was like a movie. That'd be fun. Like a middleman movie or a middleman something would be so fun. I'd love to step into that. That pops up every once in a while. Like talk of like doing something. Mm -hmm. People, people always ask me about that. Specifically the middleman, including my mother. She's like, oh, you need to do that again. (laughs) I've done other stuff. You only care about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we mentioned Abby's, uh, Mm -hmm. anything else you're excited about coming up that uh, you could talk about or you're. I mean, yeah, I'm excited about the, I'm really excited about both Room 104 episodes. Yeah. They come out, I think, a week apart. Um, the one I'm in acting in is first. The one I directed is later. I wonder if they can hear the rain. It's uh, raining it's, it's in back. Los Angeles. Yeah. And that's a rare thing. Yeah, that's something excited to be looking yeah. forward to. Um, yeah, I just think it's... I loved working with Mark and Jay, and I loved how they run their whole thing and it was really fun to do and i i mean like having my first tv directorial debut be on hbo is really exciting that's that's pretty cool it's really cool for me i i really i'm like overjoyed about that yeah and i'm excited to see what happens with abby's yeah yeah Yeah. no me too so fingers crossed more episodes there and uh, yeah the the room 104 episode that you star in is uh delightfully creepy and funny enough uh you know is apropos to your insomnia yes i've never done horror it's my first time yeah i'm excited had you done uh yeah so what about multicam had you ever done well i did do the pilot of a multicam and then i got recast Oh yeah, what, what? I did. I did. Are you there, vodka? It's me, Chelsea. Oh yeah, I remember. Me and that. three different people got recast, and we yeah. all got converted into one character, which was fun. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I always feel so bad when that happens because because yeah. you know it's it's like especially if you get to the point where you've taken publicity photos. Yeah, yeah. Or you Certainly. know, oh, that's all the photos are on IMDb. It's me and Lauren Lapkus, and um, who was in that? And uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on her name? Um, she's delightful. She's on Orange is the New Black right now. She played Chelsea on that show. Why can I remember? Oh, her the name? original Chelsea. Um, no, she oh. was. She stayed as Chelsea. Okay. She Laura Prepon. Sorry. Okay. God, my brain yeah. blanked for a second. Um. So yeah, there's pictures of us on IMDb. There's promotional shots from that show. It was very stingy at the time, but it it was fine. Chelsea Handler, who I barely met while we filmed that was the only person who called me and apologized which was really nice that is nice yeah because because i always wonder like how you find out and and... well you know some people are nicer about it than others yeah um some people are kind to the people who work with them and like and whatever and some people don't care yeah which is not fun that's (laughs) that's another podcast yeah exactly (laughs) that's that's the 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 less enjoyable part of uh, this business oh yeah and it's hard for me because i am not good at not calling people out yeah i have written emails of being like hey you're a dick (laughs) (laughs) i like it i just have a hard time with i i think my favorite thing beyond problem solving 
my favorite thing in life is putting people in their place. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy that. Yeah. Well, that kind of, that kind of goes hand yeah, in hand a sure, little bit. Sure, so sure, sure. it's sort of. Sure. I mean, I mean, well, I just mean like, no, you're not going to get away with being this way. Yeah. You're just not. I'm not going to let it slide. Yeah. Yeah. You are a good director. Yeah. I, I like <laughs> yeah. So I'll look forward to more of that, too. Yes. So, so and, uh, you know, and, uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, paying attention to you on Twitter. So, All right. So, and <laughs> I'm stop, sorry for what I do. Stop, stop deleting those tweets. Those are, no, that's, that's I, gold. I don't want them to be, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm very conscious of what I'm putting out in the world, you know? Yeah. I don't want it to always be super negative. If I'm feeling something funny i i mean i just have a sort of a wry dry sense of humor sometimes that i think is funny and i'd like to share that in the moment to the few people who happen to catch it like i'm in a room you know yeah and then it's gone yeah exactly it's 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 yeah. it's like a snapchat yes exactly so yeah. and then and there's enough shit going on in the world exactly anyway. why put so. any other bad stuff out there there should have a version of twitter that's like snapchat where it just disappears after 24 hours that'd be fun <laughs> You know, like a like an, another Twitter box, like a, a Twitter stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would be fun, except probably not. What we what we don't need in this world is more social media. That's true. I think we That's need, true. We I need just, less. and less accountability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's called Nazi Twitter. Right. Or just Twitter. Twitter yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. I know. It used to be a fun website. Yeah, yeah. Now I mostly stay off of that's, it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Nazis. Because Nazis. And also because, like, it used to be for jokes and, like, fart jokes. Yeah. And now it's not. Now yeah. there's always something horrible happening. Right, exactly. Now yeah. it's destroying democracy. Yes. Hey, on that anyway. note... <laughs> Nice talking so, to you. <laughs> so great seeing you, Natalie. You too. Congrats on everything. Thank you. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the Abbeys. And, of course, check out those Room 104 episodes. Uh, they'll be living on on HBO going yes. now forever. So, yes. so we'll look forward to those, too. exciting. So, well, I thanks, know. Natalie. Great Thank talking you. to you. Uh, good luck in the rain. Thanks. Be know. careful. Boy. Be safe. All right. <laughs> thanks. That's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.